1: Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Bachelor Nation. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Justin Sylvester.
2: Justin's hilarious. Every time I go on there, uh, I'm blessed to be on there, Daily Pop. Dude always has me in tears of laughter, so I can't wait to talk to Justin as well and get his insight because he knows so much stuff uh, about everybody. He loves to spill the tea. He loves yep. speaking his honest opinion.
1: so I just can't wait yep. to to Justin yep. come on. And he is actually really close with my wife. So I'm going to ask him some specific questions uh, (laughs) on today's show. But you know how we do it. We first got to get to our hot takes. So, Mike, I'm going to kick it to you so you can start us off.
2: Yes, uh, I think this is a great one because I'm the single guy, you're the married guy. And we come from two completely different uh, aspects to this question right here, two different perspectives. So my hot take is, should you follow the person that you just started dating? And you're not boyfriend, girlfriend yet. You just started dating. You're not uh you're not in a relationship yet, I should I say. You're not in a relationship, you just started dating this person. You're not exclusive. You're not exclusive. Y'all you know, just started going on dates. My take is no. You what? Sh- it's it's not like a it's not like a must. You can do it obviously if you feel, you know, if you feel comfortable with doing it. But if I go on one date with you, I don't, I'm not necessarily trying to see your stuff all day. I'm still like I don't wanna like go through your page. I don't want to scour through your page, you know. Wait, is this I, like, like a
1: potential? Not, is this like a potential future, like long term? I'm not gonna know its
2: potential on the first two dates.
1: Like, well, I, maybe I mean, maybe you, maybe you, I mean, you listen, and your wife
2: were, are in a peculiar situation where, hell, y'all y'all were engaged before you added each other. So that's different. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah,
1: we were engaged. Different. Like, we were engaged before we did a lot of first. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: so it's different, man.
1: But I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I'm trying to put myself in like your shoes. I mean, like what do people do on dating apps? Like you usually go to the person's social media and kind of do some type of- That's common sense. It's, and...
2: it's It's curated though. One, You're right. One's dating profile is curated in comparison to one's social media, which is also probably curated if you have a professional job, but at the same time, it's a bit different. It's a bit more laid back. And just for me, that I'll follow you, when we in there, you know, I'm really, really feeling. You. I'll start to follow you then. Why well, I got to follow you from day one? You know, like I've gone on dates before, right? Like I've gone on probably maybe let's say 100 dates in my time. Why I need to follow all 100 of
1: these women? Well, I mean, we've talked about yeah. communications issues before. Like maybe you could find out something on social media. It's like, OK, this is why she's playing hard to get because she's out with this guy or whatever. I don't no, know. Like, see, maybe you could see, that's find what I don't want. I don't, information. want to
2: be, I don't want to find out information like that. I want to find out information from her mouth.
1: But what oh, okay, that's that sounded if, derogatory.
2: I want to find information from her.
1: <laughs> that's if you, you know, you get that out of the person, right? If you, you're you able to communicate and they're able to communicate honestly with you, but like, I mean, yeah, I, if I see her out uh, at the same time, you on could a date always, when
2: she said she wasn't going to be, that's different.
1: There you go. And you know, you check her story, it's like, oh, okay. see, I'm not trying to check her story. We just started dating, you're right. But maybe you like the girl, maybe you get the answer faster and you could just get rid of the person, like, okay. you know, not waste your time now at the same time. Can't you just unfollow the person if it doesn't work out and you don't need to follow them anymore? Like, I don't know. I mean, true, but
2: (laughs) I like legacy. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't trying (laughs) to just unfollow you. I've done it. I mean, I still do it, but I'd rather only follow you when I really mess with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to unfollow you.
1: Yeah. I mean. Think about it.
2: I'm a single guy, right? Let's just say I've gone on four dates in the month of February, for example, right? Okay. Okay. And I'm not with none of those four people. I gotta be adding to the lead night. It's obviously it's like the <laughs> simple button, but it ain't like nothing hard to do. But why? Why you have to do
1: that? Yeah, I mean, what if they're? I don't know. What if they're? Yeah, then they become crazy. crazy or, and I gotta block them. Eh, you know. Yeah, maybe they're crazy. You see something on their social media though that kind of like throws you off. Like maybe that's a red flag. I don't know. Like I know I can you do say that without curated. following them though. I know it's curated. You know, and everybody puts their you know their best self on. Social media, but maybe there's some information that you could gather, you know, that'll help you determine if that person is worth dating more so in the future. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't see a problem with it. I don't see a problem. And,
2: with that, it. and that's fair. I mean, there. I don't see a problem with it. I want for the record. There's not a problem with or without doing it. I just find. I remember this one time, bro. This is before bachelor stuff when I, I had deleted like my social for like maybe 18 months, I believe. I tried to get this girl, uh, get this uh, girl's number, and she said what's your Snapchat? I was like, I don't have Snapchat. She said, what's your IG? I, IG? I said, I disabled it. She said, oh, you weird and walked off. I was
1: like, what the <laughs> You're hell? You're weird like, for not
2: having social media, Mike. Yeah, I'm like, I think if anything, I'm, I'm focused. But she literally said that to me. So. She
1: wasn't, she wasn't, she didn't even wait around for that follow-up. No, uh, on because I think she
2: looks, at, I think she looks at it the way that you do, which is like, let me find out some more information, you know? And she looked, I think she looked at it from the perspective of he must be hiding something. when. I took it as, nah, it's just, I value my time. The average person spends upwards of five hours on social media per day.
1: Yeah. And what about, so what about if the person, you don't follow each other, but they really want to, they start following you, but they're not really giving you the time of day. And then all of a sudden, like they start looking at your page and you just, you're just living your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not paying attention. And then all of a sudden they come around because- Oh damn, Mike's pretty fly. You know what I mean? Like they look, they're exploring your page and just checking it out. I don't know. No, well, actually, can, you're
2: I you're, you're public her.
1: though, so they'll probably they'll probably be doing that on the low anyway.
2: And it's cool. But how many? Let's be honest about the situation. How many times have we all, before we post the story, make sure we text all of our friends back, right? Because we think that somebody's gonna like, <laughs> bro, you ain't you ain't text me back, but you playing basketball, Mike, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I just ain't trying to deal with it. I just, I'm just not, I'm just trying to, do but I what's your you. hot
1: take for today, bro? All right, man. So, uh, we actually got a fan question, which was love what it, is the it. method to keep a long lasting, healthy relationship in these times? And you know what, Mike, I'm actually going to keep it on topic with social media, right? Okay. I think people need to stop entertaining people outside of their relationship. One, if they're doing that, cause that's wrong. Yes. Right. Yes. And at the same time, if you're in a relationship, stop comparing your relationship to other relationships on social media. Like you said, it's curated, like not all that glitters is gold out there. So a lot of these relationships are maybe fake or they're more miserable than they are happy or what they're showing on, on their page, right? So instead of that, use the energy to focus on each other and be a better partner for your partner. You know what I'm saying? Like if you guys, like we talked about this before, if you guys focus and put all your energy and stop worrying about, you know, is the grass greener on the other side and just start focusing on- The grass is greener where you water it. There you go. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So stop looking at other people's lawns, focus on yours and water it and just focus on making that person as happy as possible. And I I think if both people focus on that and do as much as possible in that realm, I think they're going to be successful.
2: You got to invest in each other. Two things to add to that about the social media and making relationships last. I saw, I wanted to DM uh, Kenny from uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, him okay. and Amari got engaged. And I thought he did something fantastic. I couldn't DM him. Like his DMs, I he had them disabled. Like to the point to where it made me figure out how to do it myself. So I know that I'm going to do that. Like it's not that way today, uh, but I'm 100% going to do that. Just so I just don't, I don't I don't need nobody sending me no pictures or whatever the case may be when I'm in a happy, committed relationship. You know, I just don't just don't want that. I don't want my girl to have to be thinking about stuff like that. Right. I want to help alleviate some of that. My girl, we may be thinking about. Uh, and the other thing, when it it's comes to the social media aspect, you say interesting. I thought it was great when Kenny did that. I mean, he might have had it done that way for years. I have no idea what I just thought it was amazing. The other thing wow. with social media making and staying happy in relationships. Bruh, why you got to like her picture? Like you can look at the picture, you can like the picture in your head, but you ain't gotta like the picture physically. (laughs) That's real. I can't be more honest than that. that, Why why does he need to physically like the picture? And I'm I'm calling my homies out because it's normally a man that does that. Why you physically need to like the picture?
1: Yeah. Like as you
2: just scrolling on your phone, you just oh that's a nice picture. Keep it moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. Like well. Yeah. No. 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 All you're trying to do is have a have a, a a conversation that could turn into an argument when that could have easily been avoided
1: yeah no listen it's 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 a slippery slope if you want to do that i mean i like i don't have a problem liking you know rachel's friends like i support all those women and what they're doing yes. and things like that you know what i'm saying but just some random like you know an ig model like that For you'll never see that you know what I'm, what I'm saying correct right. huh? then
2: you're not gonna see it ever
1: yeah but even though like i'm not trying to put that out there you know what i'm saying like no right. that uh, i'm keeping it moving and it's funny that you say that uh what you said before about kenny disabling his dms because there was a, a a gentleman he was on some some page basically talking about if a woman is interested in you and is like all about you and they're in a committed relationship with you like they will not entertain other men on social media you know what i'm saying like you will That's not true. find her responding like they will That's leave true. your ass on red that is very like true. they won't even mention Oh, uh, sorry, I have a boyfriend. Like, no, it's not even getting to yeah, that point. Like, yeah, you're just correct. not even getting read, or you're it's gonna something. be left on red. But they will never entertain that. And hey, man, Kenny's doing doing it from the guy's point of view. So he's doing
2: a, he's doing a great thing. Real quick about that though. <laughs> this was maybe a year ago, right? I there was I DM'd her. She was like gorgeous. She was a lawyer. She was just doing the whole nine. I, I she she had me right. And I dm her. And we, tech, we DM like, it's like, she goes twice, I go twice. So it was a little, uh, it was very new in the DM thread, I guess you would say. Okay. And then she's like, I say something. She's like, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. I immediately thought in the back of my head, I guess he doing something wrong because why are you DMing me?
1: Facts. Facts. Because like so wait, you what? said. What are you gonna but, but what was... Like, I need context. What was the the back and forth, like, before she said, I got a boyfriend? It
2: was so, I, I you know, I shot the shot. Steph Curry with the shot, boy. Well, what'd you hit, her, what with? What what'd you hit her with? What'd you hit her with? I wish you could see. The, I don't have game. I just have, I honestly really don't have, like, lines. I just say I'm Mike whatever.
1: Johnson.
2: Hell no. That's something <laughs> somebody else in Bachelor Nation I'm said. Nice. I do not say that. Um, I just, whatever came to my mind at that moment while looking at her page, I said, whatever I said, she acknowledged it. Right. And she responded. Then I responded. Then she responded. Then I said something else, which was probably something more aggressive. Like, hey, uh, I would love to see you or something like that. And then she was like, at that point in time, she was like, I have a boyfriend. And I'm like, like you just said,
1: why are you even like. So opening? was she being flirty in like those previous messages? Like it it could have well, been interpreted okay. in a certain
2: type of way. A flirty can be flirty is all about interpretation, is it?
1: Yeah. Well, right. in your opinion, did you think she was. Game.
2: I said she was, she wasn't like super, she wasn't like overtly flirtatious, but she,
1: she was responding. I was like, what's up? Yeah, she was <laughs>
2: responding. Like, you ain't got to respond. She was like, you know, women get like way more DMs than thousands. the average dude. Thousands, thousands. And yeah. so she was one of the women that gets thousands, right? And I'm like, you
1: entertaining it? Yeah, she definitely entertained it. I mean. She was
2: entertaining it. I guess she, at I the guess end of the day, she did the, the right day.
1: thing. But <laughs> like you said, maybe there's something, uh going down in paradise over there on her side, but. I, yeah, I only brought it up because of what you said, like, you know,
2: your woman's not gonna even entertain that.
1: Yeah, so how would you, how did you respond to that? Like, I imagine you were oh, a respectful no, I was king res- yeah, and I was you just respectful. let her know. Yeah, I was super respectful,
2: uh, super respectful. But, yo, know, our guest today, you know, we both know him very well. <laughs> I want to ask him our hot taste, cause <laughs> Justin is hilarious. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. You ready to let him in? Let's do it, man. Let's bring him on. Let's welcome Emmy-nominated host of E!'s Daily Pop, Justin Sylvester. Daily Pop airs weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on E! Make sure you check him out.
0: Brian, you I lied. when? Uh, we never had this conversation. <laughs> it's the only reason why I said I would come on. You said we would do a shirtless. We never. <laughs> I don't know what
1: you're talking about. I plead the Mike,
0: uh, honor, <laughs> Mike, honor this request. Brian promised shirtless. We all have to go shirtless.
2: Hey Brian, I think that you definitely have to go shirtless. All if I'm
0: finish.
1: going shirtless, you going shirtless. I don't, <laughs> we're okay, doing this
0: shirtless. <laughs> we're,
2: Justin, how about this? When we do our first in person, we're gonna go shirtless. <laughs> you know, the how
1: producers. The producers right. are pushing for shirtless. <laughs> By the way, I would have. It would have been a better
0: interview if my nipples are free. So are my thoughts. No, let let the, free the nip, Justin. Free the nip. Let them
1: out. You know what? I live in Austin. Do that's that's you, how everybody do it. Do free as you nip. say. Listen, the, the single man, I think, should. Should do shirtless.
2: I mean, I don't know, Justin. Are you single?
0: By the way, it was Rachel's idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she said, there "Tell you go. Brian my, my it's wife okay. always pimping me out. My wife is hey, always pimping me smart. out. She's
2: smart. She's smart. Your wife doing the right thing."
1: Listen, you, you know Justin is Rachel's LA husband, right? You know what a husband is? LA husband. LA husband.
0: <laughs> just sure, so you, you can know. imagine
1: what that is. There are about like this- 20 other white women out here that are like,
0: wait, hold on. Wait, you're her <laughs> husband and not mine. Yo, listen, right. this man hey, sees well, Justin, my wife you, more than Justin I do. Justin got okay? an open
2: relationship being a husband. That's what it is.
0: Oh, I'm Warren Jeffs. I have like 20 wives over here. Okay. <laughs> I have 20 wives who I love equally. And by the way, I spend equal amount of time with them because they offer and bring different things to my life. Oh, so they, really,
2: they they paying for dinner? <laughs> they paying for drinks? No, so no, no. Then I paying for have a drink. I'm like, I need to get me some of these. If they paying for dinner and drinks, what's up? We could be friends and pay for my everything.
0: Well, the problem is, Mike, you hit it too quick. <laughs> Look, this ain't just a sip. <laughs> you, that's that's your problem. You're like a no, gay man. No, no. You hit it too quick. You hit no, it too no. quick.
2: No, I live in Mexico right now. I'm not. I'm not tapping nothing. I'm just over here living my best <laughs> life in Mexico.
0: Just because it happens south of the border doesn't mean we don't find out about it in the North, okay?
2: <laughs> well, what, what's South stay South? <laughs> what's South stay South? What, what, when, I used to, when I used to live in England overseas and in Europe, they were like, um, if it's across the lake, it don't matter. And the North oh. does not remember. The North forgets. The North Equal playing
0: field. By the way, equal playing field. If I'm flying across the, co- the globe, if I'm crossing... Over New York and going into another country, a calories don't count and b hoes don't count. <laughs> you admit that. I don't count. I don't count the international <laughs> bodies ever.
2: Oh, international bodies don't get counted.
0: What's, no, the, what's, the, what's, hot what's hot the body day? count, Justin? What's the body count? Actually, my body count is not crazy because listen to I'm like a I grew up in the South, so in my mind, in my twenties, I thought you know what? I'm going to have the white picket fence. I'm going to be married by 25. I'm going to have two kids by 27. I'm going to go through a midlife crisis at 32. My husband's going to come back at 33. Like I thought that whole thing was going to happen to me. So I was holding out. So in my twenties, I wasn't racking in the bodies because I was like dating for a husband, which was so dumb of me. So by the time I got to 31 and I let loose, my brain was like, oh, you're not going to lease out the land like this, like you're not going to just let anybody rent this. You got to be real, real selective with who gets to come in this house. So my body count is not that drastic because I w- didn't want a lot in my 20s. I also was ugly. So,
1: so you had the glow up. You
0: had oh, to glow up. total
2: glow up. <laughs> and, and I'm hey, still it's...
0: not that, I'm not that much of a glow light, but I had a glow up in my 30s.
2: You got you to glow up every time I'm on uh, your show, Daily Pop, I'm trying to outdo you, but I can never outdo your dress. You definitely got me. You're six foot four. You outdo me by walking in the door. <laughs> so you walk in the door, man. Shut up. <laughs> done. So oh, no, done, man. done, done. Justin, we got to get to you, homie. Uh well, welcome to the show. Welcome to talking today. How you living today?
0: You know what? I'm good. I you know, I got my nail file, which is the most therapeutic thing you could have in your life.
2: You know, I haven't done I haven't filed my nails in probably a good five, six years. That's that's a bad thing. I'm looking at them right now. I'm glad they're not on camera. It's a bad thing. It's so
1: nice. Are, are so we nice. Get, are we getting a manicure every so often, Mike, or for no manicure? I've never in my life had a
2: mani or a pedi. My mom asked me the other day, "Which one? <laughs> the like is the feet,
1: Justin's face.
0: <laughs> Look, my is, feet is, don't look do like Shaq. Do you have a problem we with that? You don't look like Shaq.
2: We ain't that bad.
0: Well, word on the street is Mike likes his toes suck. So how you nah. not get a pedicure <laughs> and ask a bitch to eat those fucking taquitos? <laughs>
2: Put a little, put a little tequila on, a little chocolate. You know, go a little, a little Mexican, t- Mexican a little house flavor sauce. for him. Yeah, it is Taco Tuesday. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, yes. I actually know you as you're known at, in circles as the lady sitter. Yes. Can you explain that? Why is your nickname the lady sitter?
0: So when I was growing up, I got a job working with a wedding planner who was. um, she basically was the wedding plan extraordinaire for the South. So if you got married between Dallas and New Orleans, this woman was the woman that you were going to. She was fabulous. She was amazing. She was like over the top. Her name was Liz DeJean. rest in peace. And I was working at a restaurant and she was like, you're gonna work for me. I really want you to come and work for me. And when my first weddings with her, I mistakenly crossed, there was a barrier you're not, I'm still living in the South. It's the, the early two thousands, you know, white people were in the front house, black people were in the back house. Like it was a very still divided thing. Um, and she said, whatever you do, don't go in that room. Um, which was the bride's room with all the bridesmaids and the mother. And as I'm guarding the room, somebody makes a big noise. The bride is like screaming. There's like a whole thing going on. And I'm trying to walk Miss Liz, like, you know, there's a 911 in the mother, mother-in-law suite and she wasn't coming because of her, you know, her thing ran out of batteries. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going in. <laughs> fuck it. 40, 45 minutes later, Miss Liz walks in after hearing that there was a 911 distress call. And when she walked in, everybody was taking photos. Champagne had been passed out. Music was <laughs> was curated. I was making drinks behind the bar. Mother-in-law was happy. Bride was happy to have her out of her hair. You and saved Ms. the day. Liz, I saved the day. So Miss Liz was like, you're going to be the dude who watches the bridesmaids and the brides." every wedding I have for the next 50 weeks. And I was like, just call me the lady sitter. And that that's how I was born. 14 years old.
2: Name. You said how old?
0: I was 14. Oh, what? At 14? You, you, you became the lady, lady sitter. sitter
2: at 14.
0: <laughs> I was the lady sitter at four... Teen and I kept it and I you know it was funny because everybody talks about branding and everyone's like that was genius branding and I'm like this was before branding like this was in the AOL moment like I was still on BBM when this was going down like Brandon, I was talking just say to AOL brides moment? oh my god. yeah but, like, half for those the audience that don't know what the hell you're talking about for right those now. that
2: don't know what AOL moment is Justin you've let all three of us know how old we are the oh AOL yeah moment? oh my god what was, you, what was your that? screenshot
0: what's your screen name uh, Mr.
2: Postman, because I delivered a gotcha, gift. I don't even remember.
0: <laughs> of course. You know it was Bry Guy. Bri Guy, sixty nine twenty four. <laughs> with those exact numbers, yes. <laughs> yes.
2: You got to have a number to go along with it. Oh, but mm-hmm. that's really cool. 14 years old, you became a lady sitter. Uh, tell me about, you said you grew up in the South. How was it for
0: you growing up in the South? I think the easiest way to describe it, have you ever seen Moonlight? Yes. Yes. I see me. it. You didn't see it? No. You got so no to do. there's a movie named Moonlight. and I know of
1: it. Oscar. It was Oscar yeah. nominated, correct? Oscar it win? winning. Yeah, it, win. yeah okay. it won. It won.
0: You know, every time I see a movie that has a trigger warning, I'm always like, oh, do they have to put these? Like, is it real that they have to put a trigger warning for people who like da-da-da-da? And honestly, I wish Moonlight would have came with a trigger warning because the first time I saw the movie, after the first 15 minutes... I had to walk out and catch my breath. Wow! Can you explain Moonlight for those that haven't seen it? Moonlight is about, it, it's a movie that is about a black man's journey into his sexuality in three phases. When he is a child, when he is a young adult, into adulthood and how his surroundings and his community really affect how he lives his life and the way he sees himself. And, you know, being being Black and gay in South Louisiana was almost like, have you ever like seen Blade and he walks into the Vampire Club and everyone's hissing at him because yeah. he's like out <laughs> yes. of place?
2: Such a perfect analogy.
0: Now imagine that everywhere is that Vampire Club because in the Black community, if you're not hyper-masculine and a thug and have kids and, and, and you know, work and da-da-da-da in the South, you know, fuck you. And if you're Black in the white community, it's a whole nother issue. So I always felt like the code switching was A, real, but B, my tap dancing skills were Fucking Alvin Ailey. Like, I was tap dancing for my goddamn life. You know, trying to survive. Trying to fucking survive. Excuse my language. I'm cursing
1: a lot. Very good. So, talk to us about that. Like, what was navigating that whole experience? Like, when was it that you came out in 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 the South? Y-
0: you know, I kind of knew. I mean, first of all, I don't think I was ever in. Let's, us, let's I start nervous. with that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I knew who I was. I knew that something was different at the age of five. Oh, I didn't what know what it was. Like, I just knew I was, I didn't know what gay was. I didn't know what okay. a gay man was. I thought I was a girl trapped in a boy's body because no one ever explained that some men can have feelings for men. I just knew that, you know, n- n- men are supposed to lack women. And, you know, I knew something was wrong. And then I saw a goddamn episode of Queer as Folk and I was like, hallelujah, this is <laughs> what this is called. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> I found it. I found it. Um, but I grew up in a very Catholic household, you know, my mother, yeah, my mother never wanted to talk about it. No one in my family ever wanted to talk about it. It was like a very open secret. And part of that really gave me the drive to want to move out and do something bigger with my life and be around people who saw me for who I was and thought bigger. So the thing that was supposed to bring me down and tear me apart, my sexuality, was actually the thing that gave me rocket fuel, that made me seek other places where people were accepting and I could have a life that my straight counterparts had.
2: Do you think with that, I always, because I'm really big into the mental health aspect, like, do you feel that there was something nurtured in you or something nature within that made you say something that normally would be such a catalyst for others has been a rocket fuel for me? Like, was there someone in your life that just showered you with love with this open secret, as you said, which is such a great way to say it, or was it just something that you feel that you were born with?
0: I think it's two things. Actually, I think it's three things that you asked me. One, I think TV and movies really influenced the shit out of me. I saw Gay Men, prosper and like be the girl's best friend in an advertising firm in a movie in New York, or, you know, you see those things. The other thing that really added to that was I met people along the way that were so pivotal in my life that I look back on their contribution to me. Like I met this woman who taught me about, you know, how to become a gay man miss liz basically mm-hmm. taught me how to be a gay man she you know she how, how to <laughs> how to style how to sew how to how to set a ta- table how to do a floor arrangement how to decorate a home she taught me all those things i was 14 years old at 18 i met her sister karen who was like you need to get on a plane and you need to see san francisco because you might see people that look like you there mm-hmm. and i went to san francisco and i saw this whole thing i met this other woman um who was like, you need to go to college, and this is what you need to go for, and this is how you go for free, and it was those people, it was those stepping stones, that really added to holy shit. There's a whole new world out here. Like there's yeah. something beyond these nine thousand people in the small town. Yeah. Look, at, now, look it's,
2: at Justin
1: already yeah. dropping gems. Right.
0: I, mean, I know it's it's real.
1: Yeah, it's real life, man. Justin, you mentioned uh, the influence of TV. Like, was there anyone on TV that you looked to looked up to when you were a kid? Because there's a lot of kids that look up to you now, right? Was there anybody that influenced you?
0: First of all, everyone thinks I'm Wayne Brady. So everyone <laughs> is looking at I me being see like, that. I never
2: thought about that until you said that like a running
0: joke? <laughs> oh. What? Next time I see you, that's every, what I'm saying. Next time I oh, see you. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Everybody, literally everyone, like <laughs> is like in Vegas. Like if I get dropped off by a car, they're like, oh my God, I watch you every day. I watch you all the time. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. They're like, man, I wish I could be on that show. I'm like, yeah, what are you gonna do on the show? I'm like, man, I want be on deal or no deal. I'm like, oh shit. Whose line is wrong, it anyway? Wrong yeah, yeah, like, black like, guy, so wrong, black, black, wrong black guy. Man. Now I just don't disappoint them. I let them go with it. Um you know, honestly, watching, um, this is going to sound really crazy, but watching the RuPaul show of VH1, I used to watch Papa video, and then I used to watch RuPaul right after in the summer times, and that was like my jam. And then I would go to Mari after and then skip to Oprah. So I would skip along all of those places, um, but the RuPaul show w- really fucked with me a lot. Cause I was like, damn, people are taking a chance on this thing that's otherworldly and not mainstream and she's doing it and she's doing it and she's doing it well. And this is what I need. This is who I need to watch and follow. And Uh after that it was Montel Williams because Montel Williams was like-
1: Love that show. Yeah, Montel Montel Williams.
0: Oh, Montel was the was dude, dude. But Montel was low-key shady, too. But <laughs> would read you for Field, and you didn't know it until after the show. And <laughs> it, But hands down, Arsenio Hall, for me, was yeah. I still watch those shows, and I yes. still want that energy. And that's what I aspire to be. I hope that someone says, we want to reboot the Arsenio Hall show with you. So it's going to be called the Arsenio Hall show with Justin Sylvester, and we're
1: going to do it. Nice. I mean, right,
2: speaking into existence I literally this, this should be
1: like i wasn't ask you in this interview at some point like when are we gonna get the justin show there you go i mean you just pitched it yourself i got shit to do i got, I got you know it's it's so funny
0: because everybody I says oh my do. god you were destined for this or like oh my god you should have been doing this earlier i truly believe that if god would have gave me this in my 20s and when i say god everybody don't freak out like I grew up Catholic, but my God is a different thing. Like, I am still Catholic at heart, but I go to non-denominational churches. I go to Buddhist retreats. I, you know, meditate. I do all the different things. And I believe God is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the universe gave me my show at the perfect time because if I would have gotten it in my 20s, I feel like I would have ruined it. How so? I just think I needed to go through the five years of Kyle Richards, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to learn what authenticity looks like on camera, She mm. is that. She it is, is authenticity, authenticity. I needed the three years of rich kids of Beverly Hills, followed by the one year of producing EJNYC in order to see what happens behind the camera and what a soundbite sounds like and what people need and what they want and how they tell you they want it. But what they really want on the back end is something different. So having all those experiences in that and working for christian otage when ed hardy was like you couldn't like madonna would call my fucking private phone to ask for some christian otage shit like can you imagine getting on the getting on the phone in the morning at 10 a.m and it's fucking madonna being like where's my box of free ed hardy like it's it's wild that's wild it's wild and i'm by the way i'm 20 years old like i'm 20 year old dude in this i'm picking little wayne up from a from a private jet to go what? to a photo shoot, but the, but the plane won't land because they smoked it out. Now they're trying to air the plane out 20,000 <laughs> feet in the air. But if I don't get him down here in 15 minutes, he's gonna be late for this, which means he can't make that. So it, it was all those experiences that I needed in order to welcome you to my show, get what I need, also give you what you need, Mike, but also give the audience what they need and what my producers need, all while making you feel like you're sitting in my house.
2: That sounds like a good for everything. sounds like a amazing. creating a rocket of all the different things. And I needed it,
0: but you, but you need it. Like you motherfucking needed it. Like I, everyone always asks me, and I know you're going to ask me if I'm single and it, the answer is yes. And I feel like part of that is the universe being like, you have some shit to line up first in your business and your, in your own life before you add somebody else in this thing. That's and I, man. I mm-hmm. believe that.
1: Before before you know it, somebody will come into your life. Just keep doing your thing. I mean, the, the energy, your energy is gonna track somebody right for you. Absolutely.
0: It's, that poor motherfucker, I feel so bad for that man. <laughs> in, the, in the words of Kiki Palmer, sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Uh,
2: just I got a question about that being uh so many aspects to you. I just love I wanted to do a part two with you. Uh you were saying how you Uh, We're in an open secret relationship, but you're single as of today. um, And it's in the universe's hands to bring your relationship to you. In the South, you know how interracial relationships are perceived. Yeah. As a gay man who who was already perceived one way. But then you also, for you, love is love despite the color. So how do you go about when people say something about, oh, you're dating? uh, Because you and I have had this conversation on Justice Sip in the past. So Yeah. I want the, the audience to know as well. So, if you're dating someone that your parents don't like, what do you what do you say to that? What do you attribute that to? How do you speak to that?
0: Because of their their racial background.
2: Yes, because of their racial background.
0: You know, it's very interesting. My sister used to date. Um, she liked white boys in high school. Like she had she had a guy that she used to talk to and date around, and my family made her feel so bad about it that it was like, holy shit, like. This is not going to fare well for me because keep in mind, I went to, I was a black kid from the South in a poor neighborhood who got a scholarship to go to like an all white Catholic high school. So I was one of a, like I was one of 104 kids and there were seven black kids in my grade. I could name them all to you right now. There was only seven out of 104 of us that you know started there mm-hmm. and eight of us when we were you know 125 when we graduated. So it, there wasn't that many to choose from. And when I came into my own, when you come into your sexual being, if you go back into when your puberty peaked, you could look at the person who you were like, who was in your eyesight at 14 years old and you will end up dating replicas of that person throughout your life. Who was that for you so, so if you like like let's say like Mike, you're how old thirty four and when you were 14, when it was time to go ahead and spank that thing, who was it that was in your head <laughs> Ashanti many- Ashanti yes Ashanti. okay, okay <laughs> Ashanti and and how long did you look for Ashanti? a, a while. You looked for Shanti for a while. Does <laughs> exist? That bitch is only in Atlanta. <laughs> Brian, who was when you were about to go and let that little man have it? Who was the person that was in your head when
1: you were younger? Oh God. You know what? It's funny. I, I, I tell Rachel all the time. Like I was into uh, black women on TV at that time too. There you go, Pam. There you uh, go, not Pam. Uh, Gina from Martin. Oh, the- <laughs> <There laughs> crush on her. I thought, yeah. Pam, I thought you were saying Pam no, no, not yeah. Pam Grier. No, not Pam Grier. I was like,
0: damn, Brian, how old was Vanity,
1: Vanity from uh, Prince's X? Yeah, Back in the day. Back in the day. Wait, oh, Justin. Look her you, up, Mike. You, look her up. I just oh, aged yeah, myself. I don't
2: know. Yeah, I, must, I don't know who that individual is. Okay, Justin, who was yours?
0: Oh, oh. Real world, New Orleans, Danny. That dude <laughs> was like the thing at that point. Um, John Samos. <laughs> fuck that think- dude for being so hot. <laughs> That, and that was like, since I was seven, like I saw Full House and I was like, oh my God, something's weird about this man. I feel something's so tingly about, about him. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, and, and it's about the people you're around. Like I went to all white high school. So like, I yeah. am not afraid to date interracially because that's when I was blossoming, that's who I was around. And, you know, I always said like, I want to date and marry somebody who grew up totally different from me because I feel like the learning experience, understanding somebody else's culture is part of the fun of dating. Um, it's so crazy. You said, I just was speaking
2: to somebody about that. I want to marry somebody, if, if it was in my hand, someone that's completely different than me
1: because of that very reason right there. I mean, look at For me. sure. Colombian background, you know, Rachel's black. I mean, its, it's it was very different. Wild. Like We, we yeah. have to get used to it. Yeah. You have to get used to it. But I also think that, but it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's like, it's part of the experience. Like I love it.
0: It's enjoyable because you committed to
1: it. Correct. You have to commit it. Like if you're
0: going to date interracially, you have to commit to the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the stares, the frowns, the side eyes and all that shit, especially being on TV, especially being on TV. But what people make and the problem that people get into, and I get so upset about pe- with people, is they don't explain to their partners how their race or how their family is going to react. You have to be upfront with people about this. This shit, yeah, no, no surprises, no surprises, <laughs> no motherfucking surprises. And I, one of my best friends, you know, was kicking around here in Los Angeles with this dude who is not from America, who happens to be black, and they were going back to Texas together. Huh. And I said, before you bring oh boy from Wakanda back to Texas. <laughs> no, you did it. <laughs> yes. I said, you need to explain to him that when you get out of the bubble of West Hollywood, that there are going to be some issues. So he's not surprised because... What's gonna happen is he's gonna get a complex about it and he's going to react in a way that you're not gonna be ready for. Yeah. And he's not gonna even know why he's reacting that way. And he was like, no, oh, no, it's gonna be fine. It's 2022. I'm like, okay. Shit, it ain't 2022, 2022 everywhere. You going to El Paso? Oh, <laughs> come on, El
1: Paso. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and shout out to El Paso, cause I love El Paso. No,
1: shout out to El Paso, you love So there. Justin, like what, I mean, you have such an incredible story. Like what advice would you give to anyone out there you know, that's young, that's looking to come out, like, what would you advise them now knowing everything that you know?
0: D- don't research
1: it. Don't research <laughs> don't, it.
0: Don't research it. <laughs> uh, you know, the biggest thing come out to their families or come out to Los Angeles
1: and do some shit. Let's do both. Come oh. out to your family first and then to the world. Oh, he got something for you. He's he got props. No, bitch, I have to put on the
0: nest because it's going to get hot up in here. I got to get that nest working because it's going to get real steamy up in here. I always tell people, look, I came out to my family when I felt like I had nothing to lose. Mm. Like, at this point in my life, if I lose any of my family members, I am financially stable, I am mentally stable, and I'm emotionally stable. I had a chosen family here who I felt like if... I was gonna lose any of the people around me, that I would be fine. Um, and that's when I decided to come out, because- so how old were you when you, when that happened? I came out officially at 22. Okay. And when I say officially came out, I had, had brought a guy to my family crew, my family Thanksgiving once, because I had a cousin who was gay and who was gonna stay in Louisiana and he was younger. So I made a decision to bring a friend of mine who I was not dating as my date to Thanksgiving. And I introduced him to everybody as my date and everybody kind of knew, no one ever said anything. They made a few jokes about it, but they kind of let it ride. But I did because A, I wasn't staying there and B, I just wanted my younger cousin to know that it was okay and what it would look like if he brought somebody home and how to handle it. That's good. So I came out then and then I officially had a conversation with my mother at 22 and she was fine. And, you know, I always tell people that are coming out. If it took you 10, 15, eight years to come to terms with yourself and be okay to say it out loud, don't expect your loved ones to do it overnight. Mm. You got to give them like I always say it's like you give them you give them nine months like having a baby first trimester you're a little sick second you can have a (laughs) glass of wine to ease the pain and by the third you're just ready to get it over with so give people the space and the time and the grace to really focus on you know what they have to accept now but also let them know like this is your life and you're gonna do what the fuck you want with it this is your life you're gonna do what the fuck you want i love it i never looked at it for like that because that That advice,
2: Justin, can go with anything, not just about one sexuality, right? It could go with, you know, people that have very high, strong parents that want them to become a lawyer, for example. And they're like, "Yo, you know what? I want to work at McDonald's, right? Yeah. Give them some time to adjust. I I love that advice. But, Justin, there's so much to you outside of being black, outside of being from the South, outside of being uh, your sexuality. Like, you're pretty badass to me. And I want to know, how the hell did you end up in Hollywood after Louisiana?
1: I mean, this guy is Hollywood. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. how, how, how does one do like, that? that? That's how does one become Nick a lady game. sitter at
2: 14 years old? And then, whoop, I live in Hollywood now. I'm, you know.
0: You know, it's thank you. I wish I was Hollywood. I Not think gonna Scott lie, got,
1: mannequin, mannequin. Oh, mannequin! I can, yes, Hollywood,
0: Hollywood. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: No, it was, no, it was Chris Tucker and Fifth Element. That's part of okay, I okay. Chris Tucker and the Fifth Element. This conversation is so
2: aging us. Oh my God. No, yeah. it's,
0: it's so who I am, but you know, I, I was real with myself at a very early age. I was real, real with myself. You know, all my friends were Taking over practices, or insurance companies, or my dad has a this, and I'm gonna do this because it's already there. And you know, I'm gonna get a house, a five thousand square foot house for three hundred seventy five thousand, and I'm gonna live here and marry this person. And I wish those things weren't in the cards for me, and I had to get real with myself. Now, I will say it did not come overnight because. I, rem- I know for a fact that I knew that I couldn't come to LA without a backup, so I needed a college degree, but I needed a college degree that looked something similar to what I wanted to do in Los Angeles, so I had to be really proactive, and I also figured out that if I can go to college for free in Louisiana, how can I go to school, even if it's for a year, for free in Los Angeles and get some time in LA. And I found this thing called the National Student Exchange. It's like, it's like, it's like um it's like what you call that, study abroad. Yeah. But it it's like out. study abroad in college. But instead, you can do it in America. Okay. So I figured that out. I also figured out that I needed a job, maybe a second one in order to pay for college, so I wouldn't have student loans, so I can move straight to Los Angeles after I graduated. So it was like four years in the making, but I was very aware of what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew by 35, I was going to be on the view. That was like on my Pinterest board. That was a, the secret was a big thing when I was coming on.
1: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it really, really was. I knew I Law wanted to be on the view.
0: Law of attraction. Yeah, I yeah. knew I wanted to be on the view. That was just where I needed to go. And I took every road. I honestly took every road that looked like it would lead me closer to my destiny. I just didn't know the path. I trusted it. I didn't know it, but I trusted it.
1: What was it your like action? What was your like big break moment? Like when did you think, okay, I'll, like I'm I'm almost there, or this is going to take me there? This is the door that opened that I needed.
0: Honestly, when I moved here at when I moved back here at 21, I met 22. I met Kyle Richards. I met Allie Landry at a wedding when I was 14. She then told me at 17 that I should move to L.A. Told me at 14 that I should move to L.A. Met her at another wedding at 17. She was like, you should move to L.A. And I was like, oh, girl, please, I'm still in high school. And then (laughs) met her again at 21. And she was like, call me. You can stay at my house. When someone tells you that, it's normally bullshit. But she was like, no, I mean it. Um, and then I called her one day and I was like, I graduated college, I'm thinking about my move in there. She was like, oh, when are you graduating? And I was like, in three weeks. She was like, oh, I have a girlfriend named Kyle Richards who thinks she might need an assistant. Um, you should come and meet her. And I was like, oh, that's in three weeks. She was like, so, get in the car. So I, I, I packed, I put a TV in my car. Like, why, why was I putting a TV in my car? <laughs> <laughs> I put everything I owned in my car and I came here and I met this woman who talked about this reality show that she was gonna be on. It's gonna be a simple reality show. She was really excited about it. It's not that big of a deal. And when I showed up to her house on the first day, she had me sign a release. And when I read the top of it, it said Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I looked at her and I said, this is gonna be a huge deal. And she was like, oh, I've never seen them. And I'm like, holy fuck your life is about to change. And from that moment, I literally went from intern to house manager to like like life coach, all in like literally 90 minutes, as I'm explaining (laughs) to her how Real Housewives works and how people have been waiting for Beverly Hills and it's the only city everybody wants. And she had no clue. She thought that she was gonna go on, be herself, sell something, and close the chapter. Like she just, she didn't realize how big it was going to be. So I knew working with Seabiscuit that I was going to meet all the people that I needed to meet in my life.
1: How far in was, was Housewives at this point? Like how many seasons?
0: My first day of work was her first day of shooting. Wow. No, like, <laughs> but, but, but but they had already had Atlanta. Okay, okay. No, sorry, New Jersey and Orange County had already come at this point, so gotcha. I watched New Jersey and Atlanta, and I was obsessed with it. And <laughs> right. I had heard rumblings of Beverly Hills before I got to Los Angeles because I was a Bravo fan. Um, so when she said, "Oh yeah, just signed this release," I was like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she first of all, she was like, "Oh yeah, I only need somebody for ninety days," and I was like, "Okay." And then five years later, I was like, I think it's time for me to leave.
2: Okay, well, so
0: that's amazing. What did
2: you do after that five-year point? What happened next?
0: After that five-year period, I decided that I wanted to get into producing. Like, I was like, oh, I got an opportunity. Like, first of all, I went to, and this is a this is a lesson in life, because you never know when things are gonna come back to you. Like a gem's coming on. A gem is coming, this is a yeah. gem. Um, After that five years, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I wrote a book, I was struggling. I didn't know what was gonna happen to me next. And I went to a casting for the show. Um, And I went on the casting and it wasn't right for me. It was like, not the right thing. And I told the guy at the casting, I was like, Daron, you need to meet my friend Dorothy Wang. And he goes, who are they? And I'm like, oh, they're just a bunch of rich rich kids on Instagram. And he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, no, you need to meet Dorothy. She has a friend named Morgan Stewart. Um, and they have a friend named Johnny Drew Bell, And I think Morgan's dating this guy, Brendan. They're so funny. They're so crazy. They're so charismatic. Like, you gotta meet them. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna just set it up with my assistant. Like, I'll do you a favor. Six months later, Dorothy, Johnny, Morgan, Roxy, and Brendan were on Rich Kids of Beverly Hills on E! Which is one of the quickest pickups in reality TV history. And, you know, I said, oh, you guys, they were like, what can we do? Can we do something nice for you? I'm like, no, no, no. When I'm like monkeys in a barrel. I've always learned that you're like monkeys in a barrel. One monkey picks up the other monkey. When the other monkey's up, he reaches down and, and reaches for the other one. So whenever I need you guys or whenever there's a moment, you can pull me up. And season two of the show, they were like, do you want to produce the show? We need somebody who can handle them. And I was like, sure. Um, and I went on to produce that show for two seasons, traveling the world with them, moving to New York, doing a spinoff on EJYC, got my first full producer credit on that show. And really, it was it's about looking at an opportunity, knowing that it's not right for you, and, and lifting someone else up in order to get that back. I love that. And that's Amazing. truly important. Cause there are times where people don't think that way. There are times where I can't, I'm like, I know you e won't let me get this back, but I know a motherfucker who can post for this. You call <laughs> Scott Evans and let Scott Evans make this money. <laughs> you know, like you gotta, be, you gotta do that more often. I think people Amen. do do that Amen. more often.
2: I feel that so many times we're often just blinders on right to what what I can do what I can do only I can't do it then nobody can do it so that I yes. love that
0: gym right there but also not just in business Mike because look I know and I get mad at my friends for this like my friends will be like you know I don't want a man with kids I don't want a man over 40 like nee, nee. they got a and list they had a list then they meet a dude and it, it's like, that's my shit. You know, I like a man over 40. I love a man with kids. Like, I love kids, <laughs> you know? And they'll meet someone and be like, oh, I'm gonna go on two or three dates with them. I'm gonna let him go. But like, you know, you like no one can date him after me. I'm like, why don't you start thinking proactively? Why don't you say, by the way, you're cute and all, but you're not for me. There's a friend here who you would be perfect with. But instead... You're going to yuck this yum and put your toe in this whale and then ruin it for everybody. You need to start doing it in your personal life, too. This toe in the whale.
1: I don't, uh, g- g- give, give him that assist, man. He does assist a little bit more.
0: Yes. <laughs> don't be smashing something just because you want to smash it. If you know the girl is right for your friend, hook your friend up. It's going to come back to you it's 10, 10 times <laughs> over. Yes. yes. Thank you, Brian. I've done that. I've done that. You got to know when you fall back. When? In 1997, Mike? Come on. In 2022, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've done that in
2: 2022. <laughs> 97, <laughs> I was in elementary school. <laughs> oh, elementary school back then. Now, I love that piece. I love that, Jim, though. You're right. You could do it for things within business and outside of business as well. No, for sure. You got to do it.
1: And, and that's, no, I was going to say, that's karma. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do something good for somebody. It's going to come back to you eventually. You mean, you don't have to get it right then and there, get something in return.
0: Like, it just to know is- that
1: they're you a favor. Or- it's
0: karma. It's karma. And a lot of times I know like I get this all the time where people will comment and say, oh my God, this person donated to this charity in order for them to get like the publicity. You know, Mm -hmm. the Kardashians donate to charity so they can get publicity. I don't give a fuck what Brethany Franco's is doing it for. All I know is that she sent $20 million to the Ukraine. She brought all kinds of stuff to Puerto Rico during Maria. I don't care what she is doing it for. She is doing it and she is getting it done. And the everyday person does the same thing. I open doors for people because I want the universe to be like, I'm going to owe you one. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I pick up the phone when people need advice because I know at some point I'm going to have to call somebody and I hope they pick up the phone for me. It, it's how we're, we're wired. We are all wired that way to do nice things in order to get that good karma back. Am I wrong? I would Facts, say, man. I think there,
2: there's a, a genuine aspect that should come along with it though. Because I feel that as humans, we can we pick up easily when someone's not being genuine within their efforts.
0: Oh, again, I don't care why you're being, I don't care what, what say, the effort give, is. I don't, I don't give a fuck, I don't care. I, like I, I do not care. If you needed to put your dick on that table and donate $25,000 to my foundation because your boss, your old boss was sitting there and you want to flex, I don't care. The money is still green. Well, of course. I don't, I don't, I don't give a I,
2: shit. You know, so. I wouldn't care in that example. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's a cool, weird, different flex. But hey, you still, to <laughs> I mean, still donating to my charity food.
1: You still <laughs> donating to my charity. Justin, like, are you always, like, in a good mood? Like, I feel like, what's your secret? Like, I, I want to help people out there with, you know, maybe mental health issues and just, you know, people that are down and out now in today's oh. time. Like, what mental... Health tips? Would you give out there to live like you, man? Ashwagandha. <laughs> ashwagandha. Okay.
0: Have you ever taken ashwagandha?
1: I have. I have. There we go. That, bitch, that it helps with stress. It helps with stress.
0: Yeah. Ooh. If I could snore that ashwagandha, I would, y'all. <laughs> I would. That ashwagandha will get me. Okay. You know what? No. Yes, ashwagandha is the jam. The other thing is. Cause I went through this whole song and dance on how to stay sane during a pandemic being single. And I should have wrote this book. I'm so dumb. I should have wrote this book. A seller, um, man.
1: You had it. Oh, I had it <laughs> in my
0: hands. I should have wrote it. You know, the, the one thing I always tell people is find something that honestly gets your blood flowing because no matter how bad of a day I'm having, if I get on that treadmill for 20, 30 minutes, or I go on that walk or that run for an hour and 10, and I break that sweat and I read that audiobook and I'm doing it and doing it and doing it well, I feel like a totally different person, mm-hmm. even when I don't want to do it. I mm-hmm. force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I tell people to do, which I know is kind of a weird thing, but in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit, My best friend died. My dad passed away. I started college and my grandmother passed away with like in a nine month range. Like there was like a full nine months. So when I'm going through a hard time, I always write wherever I am, 2005. I always write it on something. Because if I could get through 2005, I can get through this thing that I'm upset about. You know what I mean? I can get through, you know, this moment of seasonal depression if I can get through 2005. And I think a lot of times we forget how resilient we are. So writing down that year that you had a bad breakup or the year you lost a friend or the year you might've been stuck in a trap house and you didn't know it. Like writing those things down and reminding yourself that, hey, you did this once before, you can do it again. Damn right, amen. Yeah, amen. Do those things. I'm Justin, telling you. you. Got enough gems for 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 today's episode mm-hmm. from all three the
1: Whole season, man.
0: <laughs> no, I'm telling you, do it. And also, like, if you're single, go out there, pick your one trap friend who you could do some single shit with, who you travel well with. Get you and go on one Stella get your group back trip a year. I go on about four, but you have to go on that one excursion that you just feel good about being there. And it's a reward to yourself and you get to act up like city girls, you know, and do the damn thing. And
1: who's who's your trap friend? Who's your trap friend?
0: Oh, my trap friend is hey, Joe, Joe Frank at get low Joe on Instagram. Joe. Joe Frank is always down for an adventure. As long as you plan it, he will Venmo you the money and he is ready and he is ready to go. And you have to have that one friend who's like down. Like, if I'm like, Joe, I got a conference in Boise, but there's a music festival two hours away. We can hit my conference and then hit it. He'll be like, tell me where to be. What Hilton Garden in Inn was be. staying at. <laughs> what Hilton Garden Inn.
2: Tell me where to be. I was hoping he was gonna say it was Rachel.
0: I was so. <laughs> no, Rachel's married. You can't be in the trap when you're married. <laughs>
1: Hey, listen. <laughs> she she goes out with you all the time, so it, it feels like she might be your your backup as hey, a trap friend. Did you
0: hear about what happened the other night when we went to drinks? What happened? He's like, what happened? So I, I'm sure. I call, I don't I'm I sure remind me. <laughs> so I call her and I'm like, hey, girl, um, you gonna come? She gonna kill me for saying this. I was like. Hey girl, you gonna, you gonna come to drinks? You wanna come to drinks at St. Patty's day? She was like, oh no, I had an acne breakout. And I oh, was like, oh, yeah. I was like, no. She was like, I have a mask on my face. I was like, oh, you know, I say, oh, just come." I didn't think she was gonna be like, oh yeah. She was like, I'll meet you there in 10 minutes. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I, I, mean, I need 30. She showed up in that fucking acne mask. I was like
1: damn, bitch, you are a down-ass
0: bitch. You are a down-ass bitch.
1: She don't care. She's like, you know what? I'm real. I'm real like that. Wait, wait. (laughs) Time out. Okay, go go, go ahead. Finish the story. I gotta ask you something about... about,
0: No, I was gonna say, find you a trap friend who's either single or whose husband is cool like Brian.
1: Okay. Bike. Every time Rachel goes out with Justin and his friends, there's a point in the evening where my naked body. half-naked picture gets passed around. <laughs> and I have to hear this after the fact. Like, I'm like, yeah, we talked about you. I showed everybody your picture. I was like, what is going on you out got there, Justin? Freak- where are I you? showed
2: my teacher your body today, Brian. You got 12,000 abs. What do you expect? I literally showed my teacher today in Mexico your body.
0: Brian, you expect, what, what do you expect, bro? Justin out want, there.
1: why just pipping me out out there. It's like a piece of meat. <laughs> no,
0: we try- No, we're trying to put you out there. Look. Look, the gays will come see you, insurance or no insurance. They're going to come and pay the insurance. (laughs) If I tell I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, literally, I said, oh, yeah, Brian's a good chiropractor. They were like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, he got a little close. He like leaned into me. It was like kind of weird. And they were like, really? (laughs) Really? And I was like, yeah. Brian, you have your best
2: marketing person
0: right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Seriously, seriously. (laughs) You're doing all my ads, bro.
0: (laughs) I have a friend. I have a friend named Roger. He's very uppity. And he was like, who was a chiropractor you went to the other day? I was like, oh, that's Brian. I was like, it was strange. Like, I had a really great experience, but like, he kind of got a little close. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, Roger. And he only takes cash. And he was like, going there next week. I'm like, all right, there you go. (laughs) Sign me up now. Let's go. Sign me up. Like, they're ready. I know what I'm doing. We know what we're doing.
1: Hey, Brian, you got a
2: whole demographic. You got an entire market right there. Capitalize. Get your money.
1: Right, hey, listen, Justin, we got we got to have lunch, bro, soon.
0: <laughs> oh, if you don't start spending that sign right in front of the Abbey, I will cut you. <laughs> I will honestly cut
2: your ass. Justin, I think I think me and you are going to have to get together next time in L.A. We're going to have to, like, make some things happen for Brian. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, for to sure. Brian, we got he's you. got it all.
0: He's got <laughs> it all in there. Like, it's like such a good setup, too.
1: Because, you yeah, know, both. Look, you both have actually you're, you guys both are my patients. I love this. Because you know my, my chiropractor was nervous. Yeah, I heard he was a little. He, oh, he, was he was a little like, mad at you, wasn't he? He was like, you so cheated. I wasn't. You cheated on him with me.
0: No, I taught him a lesson. Don't <laughs> ever put baby in the corner.
1: It's like I got your backup ready. It's a finger snap. That. I taught him a lesson. <laughs> uh, right go. I will go. somewhere else. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Justin, I got to get this back on, man. I got to get this back on. So we have Uh-oh. the Oscars coming up. Uh oh. Who do you have Good for time. best picture?
0: King Richard. King Richard. Without without let me tell you why. One, people love Will Smith. Facts. Will Smith is one of the last surviving A-list stars. There's probably about 10 of them left. Will Smith is on the top of that list. He is unbreakable. There is no scandal, no entanglement that is ever going to take him down. Now, you and can't say because, Will
2: Smith and then say the word entanglement. You know you're wrong for that. I, hey, I said it. <laughs>
0: you, know you. I said no entanglement <laughs> is going to take Will Smith down. Okay? Oh, no? Okay, yeah, and no entanglement. It, no entanglement. And it's because Will Smith is a great Human being, yes. and he's nice to everybody. And he shows up and he works hard and he shakes hands and he comes to the opening when you need him there. He is that dude. The second thing is Serena and Venus Williams, two of the most celebrated mm-hmm. athletes of our time, one of the greatest stories of triumph in America and in race, in the in, in, in race relations that we've seen in a very long time. I think this story was one that needed to be told, and the way it was told was so amazing. Not to mention, Beyonce came out of retirement and was like, booyah, here you go, be alive.
2: There you, that's all you need right there. Put a little Beyonce touch to it, you got
0: it. That's all you need, that's all you need. So it's gonna get best picture, I'm telling you. I know, uh, no.
1: What did you say, Brian? No, I actually was just curious. You brought up Will Smith, A-list actor. Your life, I think, I mean, Mike, I think you, we could both agree. Your life should be a movie. Who would play you in a movie? Great question. In a movie about your life.
0: This is so funny because I don't think my life should be a movie at all. I don't know what y'all are seeing here. Just
1: based on this one interview, which we haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty. I mean, you've said it (laughs) all right now. This is super exciting.
0: I am like a cable. I'm like literally a made for TV movie. Some people
2: argue that they are successful now. So why should they even uncover the the pain that they, that they faced when they were younger. And then there's others who say what you just said, which is at some point in time, I need to go through this in order
0: to go through this. I think if you're gonna be a parent and that's your goal in life, I think that you owe it to yourself and your children to unpack those things. Because as a child and an adult now, I understand some of the things that I went through with my own parents are products of things that they didn't uncover their traumas and their things. And now at 35, I'm having these open conversations with my mother finally about things that happened to her when she was younger. And I'm like, Oh, I understand you a little bit better now, or I understand this behavior. I get, you know, why you say this or why you did that. But I think if she would have understood that before, you know, she passed that, those things on to me, I feel like I would have less to unpack. So I'm going to stop that. You have to you totally have to stop that before you get before you become a parent.
2: So so two points. That I, both are, I love what you just said so much. I think that another reason the 30s are the best decade so far, at least, is because on this very podcast talking, about out, know, I built a better relationship with my dad based on something that I said. And we got to talk through it and talk about it some traumatic type of things, right? And so I love that you said that right there. And then the other piece, when you you having kids? When do you want children?
0: I don't know when, but I know that that's my, that's going to be my end goal. Like I know I'm going to, I want to adopt a child. I want to give a child a ch- opportunity because people gave me an opportunity to better myself. And, you know, I feel like I have to pay that forward. But again, I need to, I got to figure some shit out. You know, I got to I got to unpack some things before I try to teach someone else some shit. Like, I got to teach myself something. Very, very true. You know, that's, that's that's. Attributes of a
2: great parent. So I love that about you. Something I would ask you, though, would you consider. Like adopting a sibling and then one of your good friends or someone else that, you know, take the other sibling, so that they're still connected in family, because so many people in a foster care and that are being ado- and or being adopted they lose their blood sibling. Is that
0: something that you would consider? I would never. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Okay. And I talked to a friend who adopted a child and also adopted the older sibling because, you know, most people would just want babies. I'm cool with, look, if y'all got potty trained already, I'm Gucci. Okay. I am.
2: <laughs> you already totally, trained, check. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. You body trained. Oh, I can skip the diapers. That'll save me at least the 20 G's right there, you know, over five years. That's a but good I'm ad cool though. You with, get It's a good IG ad. Yeah. You know I can get that from, from Huggies. Um, But I'm, yeah, I'm down for that. I'm truly down for that. I wouldn't split up. I couldn't, couldn't foster a dog without fostering the brother. That was, that's what I went through in the pandemic. Wait,
2: wait, wait, pause. You confused me for a second. You can adopt like a sibling and just someone
0: else take the other sibling. You have one sibling is what you're saying or you cannot? I was confused. No, I'm saying I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let, that I wouldn't split you. them up. I would just I give you. me both of them. Yeah, give yeah, me both of them. Yeah,
2: give me, give me both of them. You already probably trained. Let's, Let's bring it. In. Bring, yeah. it. bring it. Yeah, come on, come on. I got you. I got you. So that's beautiful. I would. I've considered it, and it would say my sister and I have thought about. She takes one of the children. I will take one of the children because we're siblings ourselves. And so yeah, I kind of don't want to have like four kids adopted. I ain't got, you know I ain't got money like that. That's an Angelina Jolie money. I ain't there yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know I just, I'm just being honest. We got. No, it's true. It's no, it's true. You know, I, I think about that all the time, about how like you read about children who stayed in the system while their siblings, you know, got adopted or fostered. And if you read about those siblings, they never ever adjusted. They always, you know, were on the edge or always had, you know, issues with abandonment and anger. And it's just not right. And I I feel like sometimes. You got to try it out, like foster two children. See if it works out. If you can handle it, then go and do the adoption thing. I'm doing the foster to adopt is what oh, I'm sure. planning okay. on doing.
2: Okay. Yeah. So just quick question. I'm going to go to this next piece. I'm, I just, am, I'm investing in you. I like you. You're a great human being. Thank
0: you. At I what like point in
2: time will you say, you know what? I'm, I've done so many things. Are you going to, based on what I'm asking, are you going to wait for your spouse or no?
0: No, 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 no. Okay, so I don't even know. My mom raised three kids by herself. Shout, and- to Shout out to moms. Shout to moms. Never, and, I, and I'm not ever, I'm not ragging on people who are on welfare and food stamps because that's some people's realities. My mom never relied on those things. She worked sometimes two jobs a day in order to make kids meet. So we could see and have that vision of somebody working hard and doing the motherfucking thing. You know what I mean? She never, ever wanted us. And I don't know why. And maybe it was a pride thing, but my mom was not one to lie to the government or try to, you know, get assistance that she wasn't, you know, entitled to. And I think that it was really important for her to you know, get up and go to work every day and come home and go back to work. And she wanted us to see it. So, you know, for me, I think that's like, I've, I know what, how it is with one parent and I know it takes a village and I'm not afraid of that because I didn't, my dad never lived in the house, you know, when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. my parents split up when I was like a baby. So I don't know it. And seeing two people, you know, working in Kyle Richards's home for so many years, seeing two people be active parents was odd to me. It makes it sense re- from what you're not used to. It's a different perspective. Yeah. yeah, it was odd, and honestly, it really like I now base when I think about a relationship and I think about things, parenting, and long term, and communication, and talking it out. My beacon goes to them, Mauricio and Kyle. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got, a, I got five years of seeing them do it every day. That's crazy. You have so much experience in your young life.
2: That's just it. it.
0: really is wild. I got to live a thousand lives. I mm-hmm. honestly like, it's really weird. Do you believe in tarot and psychics?
2: I just got my readings last week. Even, I'm gonna have to text you
0: offline. I just got my readings Who, last week. Who'd you do it with? Uh, somebody in Austin. Oh, I'm about to tear you up. There's a lady here in California. The things that she has told me over the years is mind-blowing. Do they help you in your day-to-day life and why? They do. And they help me because I get to sit back I get to sit back and see the skeleton. She didn't give me the juice. She That's didn't give me the what my meat. lady says she ain't gonna give me the whole meat potato. She's gonna give me the skeleton. She'll give me the skeleton. Yes. She's yes. gonna give me the skeleton. Yes. But she's gonna hit the vein. She will be like, oh, so you're like, are yes. you doing blah 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 blah? And I'm like, yeah, she'll be like, okay. So your mouth gets you in trouble sometimes, <laughs> and you need to do this. And like she will like, she will literally hit it up and one of the first times I ever saw her, she went backwards for me and was like, like, oh, my God. Like she went a little back, like a few years back and then kind of rose up. And she went back into my past life, which I had went back into with someone else. And it was both the same things. She, they both said the same things. I got the same cards. It was like wild. But you got the same cards from two woman, different
2: ladies was saying the same thing. Two different
0: ladies, years apart. Years apart about my past life. That's when you know it's Years it apart. That's when you know it's real. That's when you know it's real. So I, I believe that I've walked this earth before and I'm only finishing my mission.
2: There we go. I love I'm finishing that. my mission. I love that. Well, I, think, I don't think that your mission is over whatsoever. So last question I got to ask you. You are the host of so much, like so many different things that you're doing. Is there anything else? And of course there is. So what is that thing that you want to do that you haven't gotten to do yet?
0: You know, I think for me, I really, I love my job at Daily Pop i love e it's great you know i think what i really truly want to do in my life is i want to host daily pop and i want to find that second show that breeds creative energy into me like i don't need it to pay you know millions of dollars Mm -hmm. i just need that creative outlet that I feel like I'm giving something. Like Ty Pennington had Extreme Home Makeover mm-hmm. and that shit was soul touching. Like I want a soul touching show that makes me feel good about what I'm doing like on a daily basis. I love that. I only watched two, t- two channels when I had cable,
2: HGTV and ESPN, all I watched. All I watched, cause of that reason, cause of that reason right there. I give you that, cause of that reason. Then- what would that show look like for you? So Ty Pennington had, working with the homes, what would that look like for the ladies today?
0: You know, I want to work with women. I like working with women. I mean, I do too. I like working with women. I like working with moms. Like, I'm really good with working with women and I want to figure out how to find a show that helps women do something that they've never done before, you know? Is it from like an empowering perspective? It's from, you know, I, I think the empowering thing, I think you can empower people in any aspect of life.
1: You know, I don't
0: think it I don't think it has to be, you know, the stereotypical women's empowerment thing, because I think, you know, a lot of times we say that a lot of people say they empower women and they don't. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if you check my resume, I have been a nanny. I have been a a wedding planner. I have worked for, you know celebrities who were women who wanted, you know, more and needed hands, extra hands. I've produced women to be and look their best selves and get ahead in life and I've done that and I'm so proud of that. And I wanna continue to do that and I'm gonna figure out how to do it.
2: I know for a fact that, Justin, you will do that. Justin, I know I speak for Brian and both of us, Brian, I know that you will say the same thing. You are absolutely an inspiration. You're amazing, man. (sighs) Everything that you talk about, like from the aspects of, the hardships that you had to face and how you took it upon yourself. And then like, when it comes to just giving in you're, the karma that you have and the karma that you receive into the, the universe, you just are amazing. And we can't wait to continue to see you thrive. And I want to see this TV show to where you empower women. I'm trying to see that.
0: Thank you. You know, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys. I always love when you guys are on our show. And even though you make me look like shit every time you walk in, cause she's
2: I mean, you, you dress better though. I got to be taller, but you dress better. You have more people on your smush blanket
0: than I do. (laughs) We talked about that.
2: (laughs) 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 They got to go back and listen to another episode.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. No, I really, I appreciate this. I'm so happy you guys are doing this. And um, anytime you guys want me, I'm here.
2: Definitely, man. I can't wait to see what you're doing. Can't wait for King Richard to win. Yes. And we're all going shirtless next time. We're doing shirtless next time. Have a good one, man. (laughs) Bye. Brian, man having just known we didn't even have to do a, like a gym session because he just continues to drop gyms after and after and after again i love his spirit his energy uh, he's a breath of fresh air to have uh, on talking out today how you feel
1: oh man i i enjoyed it man he's such an interesting person such a great personality vibrant i mean i, I had so much fun like I, I was laughing my ass off at so many of his answers and just yes. i think he's just had such an interesting life i mean it's I'm telling you, I, I, I personally would watch that movie. I think it would be a hit. I will watch it. Think?
2: Definitely we will watch it.
1: For sure. And, of course, to all of our listeners, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening.
2: Yes. And you know we always love to hear your opinions, your stories, your insight. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow. Message us on social at Talking Out, B as in Bachelor, N as In as a Nation on IG. Again, that's Talking It Out, In. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and listen to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. And baby, don't make me tell you no more. Don't
1: DM me until you hit that subscribe. We love y'all.